Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information about Home Church, visit us at myhomechurch.org. Well, I don't know how to preach without my heart. (laughs) My heart is a little broken right now, so I'll probably be crying a lot. About um, about three month three months ago, the Lord had given me the scripture that I'm going to teach on. And uh, before I knew that I was going to um, be invited to speak on rest, and um, the Lord was really speaking to me about this passage in Isaiah about the correlation between repentance and rest. So we're going to talk about that today gonna be great (laughs) but first I want to pray for you guys yeah because I want your hearts to be available because it's so easy to um, come on Sunday and you know want to get it over with but we're really to be transformed and equipped for the work that God has for us so I believe wholeheartedly that God wants to do a work in our hearts today and not one of us is exempt from the, the work that he desires to do in our hearts. So I believe wholeheartedly that um, if you open your hearts to this, that if you're struggling to enter rest, that you will in- enter rest after today. We've had incredible teachings on rest. Um, and if you're struggling, I, I believe that the breakthrough will be here today through this, through repentance. Amen? So I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for who you are, Lord. You are a good God who loves his people. You rescued us, God. And I pray today that we would hide in the shadow, in the shelter of your wings, God. I pray that every ear would hear in the name of Jesus that every heart would be softened and opened, that every mind would be cleared to receive your revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you could turn with me to Isaiah 30. We're going to read from the Old Testament. If you don't know, um, Christianity is an extension of Judaism. It is the completion of Judaism. It's important to know that so that when you're reading the Old Testament, you understand that it's not a different God and God hasn't changed, but it's through the lens of the blood of Jesus that we can see these stories. But it's also important that you understand that even in the Old Covenant, that God was merciful and he was always providing a way for his people to live in rest. Yes? Okay, so Isaiah 30, we're going to start. I'm going to tell you a story about Israel. Israel was God's chosen people. Yes? We are God's chosen people. Do you know that? If you follow Christ, you are now grafted into Israel. But Israel at the time was God's chosen people, and they were meant to be a light to the world and to express who God was to the world. Yes, and at the time that the prophet Isaiah um, was anointed to be a prophet, Israel was rebelling against God. They were not carrying out 
any justice in the land. They were um, worshiping idols, and Isaiah came to announce that because of this, the surrounding nations that they were meant to be a light to were going to come and now destroy them. Um, but God is so merciful in, in that, he, that he sent the prophet Isaiah to warn them so that they could turn. So in knowing that, I want you to um, come with me to uh, chapter 30, verses 1 through 2. This section is the prophet calling out Israel for seeking shelter in Egypt. It's important that you also know that Egypt in the Old Testament is a picture of sin, right? Because the Israelites were delivered out of slavery. We've been, as Christians, delivered out of slavery to sin, right? So anytime we see Egypt, we need to understand that as we see it, that God's delivering out of slavery to sin. But here we see in verse one, ah, stubborn children, declares the Lord, who carry out a plan but not mine, and who make an alliance, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who set out to go down to Egypt without asking for my direction, to take refuge in the protection of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. So instead of calling out to God to rescue them from the surrounding nation that was going to attack them, they were going back to seek refuge in Egypt rather than God. In, in sections three through five, we see um, God saying essentially what's gonna happen is shame and disgrace is gonna come on them, not because God is putting shame and disgrace on them, but because that is the goal of Pharaoh, because Pharaoh is not for the people of Israel. Do you understand that? Um, and then I'm going to skip down to 9 and, and through 11. I'm going to read this to you guys. The prophet Isaiah says, For they are a rebellious people, lying children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord, who says to the seers, Do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy illusions. Leave the way. Turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. God was so merciful to send the prophet Isaiah, and yet they refused. They wanted the smooth talk. They did not want to be confronted that they were seeking shelter in the very thing that once destroyed them, that they were delivered out of, and now they want to return to, to seek shelter in. The Israelites did not want to hear the voice of God in their troubles. Verse 12 says, therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and rely on them, therefore this iniqui iniquity shall be to you. Like a breach in a high wall bulging out and about to collapse, 
Those breakings come suddenly in an instant, and its breaking is like that of a potter's vessel that is smashed so ruthlessly that among its fragments is not a shard found with which to take fire from the hearth or to dip up water out of the cistern. When we trust in sinful, harmful ways of escaping, swift destruction comes upon us, not because God has done so, but because we have chosen to trust in oppression and perverseness. And that's never God's desire for, you, for us. And verse 15 is, if you can put verse 15 up, this is the heart of what I really want to speak about. Because I think that when you can read that, you can think, wow, God is so harsh, he's so judgmental. How could he let that happen? But God is always reaching out to his people. He was always reaching out to Israel. He was always sending somebody to speak. He was never just leaving them. He was always pursuing them, always giving them a way out. And verse 15 says this, and this is how it's connected to rest. Because <laughs> it's not just about repentance, right? If you know me, I love repentance. I love the conviction of God. It's a gift. 15 says, for thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. God desired to give them a way into rest, into being saved from these enemies. And this is, if you remember, uh, Pastor Andrew talked about chiastic structure. Yeah? Um, so the first line, in the first line of the prophecy and the second line of the prophecy actually are restating the same things. So it's just like Johnny was talking about um, last week. Repentance and quietness are meaning the same thing, meaning actually the word is not quietness. In, in the Hebrew language, it means just to stand, to stand. Um, rest and trust are actually the same thing in the chiastic structure. So to rest is actually to trust God, exactly like Johnny was speaking about. But Israel refused to turn to God. They, ref they refused to repent of putting their trust in other things. And they were destroyed ultimately because of that. Fundamentally, they were refusing to trust Yahweh. Israel decided to trust in Egypt more than God. They trusted Egypt to bring protection, peace, and provision. And Israel wanted the prophets to be silenced. They didn't want to be confronted with the atrocity they were committing, which was rejecting the provision of rest through repentance and reliance on Yahweh. Isaiah states that if the Israelites will not hear the warning from his lips, then they'll hear it from history. Strangely, it's like us, right? We refuse to repent because of our pride. And I just want to encourage you today through this story that rather than learn from history 
in our own lives that we can learn from the history of the Israelites. <laughs> Amen? God waits for us to position ourselves to receive, and that's when he pours out his grace. He won't pour it out unless we say yes to him. Until they turn away and renounce the worldly, fleshly, sinful, selfish, self-serving, ungodly plans and the ways that they're trying to find rest and put their whole selves into trusting him and waiting on him the way that he instructs them to, they will remain in unrest. Frantic preparations will do them no good. Instead, God invites them to admit their helplessness and to experience God's care rather than insist on their own ability to cope and deprive themselves of that comfort. Isaiah 18, uh, 30, 18. This really gets me. <laughs> After all this, Isaiah prophesies, therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore, for he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is God, a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So we're told that God is waiting to be gracious and merciful towards Israel. His ear is attentive for their cry. He's waiting for them to cry out to him, to take shelter in him, to depend on him, to obey his voice, to turn from the very things that are trying to destroy them. And until Israel will wait for him, he waits for Israel. And until we will wait for him, he will wait for us. An unrepentant heart cannot enter rest. You will never enter rest if you're living in willful, active sin without repentance. When you're living in rebellion, you're rejecting God's provision. Because rest is simply this. It is living in the fullness of what God has provided. That's it. Rest is living in the fullness of what God provides for us. And the first part of the provision is repentance. The first part that he is his forgiveness. But we can't receive that forgiveness without repentance. We can't receive his grace and his mercy in a circumstance without first coming to him and saying, I... I'm out of alignment with what, who you are, with your desire. Please come, please touch me, please help me. I, I admit, but there's another side of his provision. And I believe that this is the reason why many times we don't wanna repent. And that is that in his provision is not only the forgiveness of sins, but the absolute complete ability to overcome sin because we are no longer slaves to sin. So it's oftentimes hard for us to enter rest because we don't want to repent. Because if we repent, we have to admit that God has provided a way for us to come up and out of the very things that are trying to destroy us. But I am pleading with you today. <laughs> 
I'm pleading with myself, I'm pleading with God's people that we would walk in the rest, that we would strive to enter this rest. It's very simple. We come to him and we say, we need you. When we say no to repentance and stay in willful sin, we don't understand nor trust in God. The essence of unrest is a rejection of God's provision and trusting in something other than God for things that we need and desire. God has always desired that his people be at rest in the midst of a world that is steeped in self-serving, striving, and sin. We are still meant and called to be that light, just as Israel was. Yet now we have the ability to overcome sin because God, through his blood shed on the cross and the spirit poured out, we have the ability to overcome sin. The same call that went out to the Israelites goes out to us today. Jesus said it himself, Matthew eleven twenty five. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. You know what makes a Christian weary and heavy laden? Sin. Because it's not our portion. It's not the way we're meant to live. If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling like you're looking to other things for peace, if you feel like you're trapped, Come to him. You cannot clean yourself up first. You can't do it. That's the pride. That's, that's the pride. You, you have these plans to do it on your own. And the truth is, we can't do it on our own. It's only in receiving his grace, in confessing our weakness, and in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. But it's not this, it's not, he's not just going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're just, you're going to keep sinning, keep sinning, keep sinning, and he's just going to zap you one day. You have to come to him. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. In repentance, in repentance, he was asking Israel, come to me, come to me. Stop running, stop frantically seek, seeking shelter in Egypt. Come to me and I will give you rest. Confess your weakness and self-effort. Confess your sin to him and enter his provision. Johnny gave the most beautiful illustration last week, <laughs> so thankful, of his own life <laughs> when he said, when I don't trust that God is a good father or a good husband, I'm not a good father and a good husband. And, you know, he's preaching, but the truth is coming into God's presence and confessing to God, like, I see who you are. And that's not who I am right now. And I want to be like that and being broken by it. That's repentance. And then coming away from there knowing he has filled me with the power by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk out what he is like in my own life. But if I don't come, I don't receive. 
if I don't come, I don't receive. And I have found this in my own life. I'll do something that I know I need to just stop and repent. But I'll be like, oh, I'll just next time I won't do it the same way. I'm just, I got, I got too much to do. I got to keep going. Next time I'm just going to change it, you know? And it's like a week later, I'm still stuck in the same thing. I'm stuck in whatever terrible mood or whatever snappiness. And it's like, if, I, if you just stop and let God convict your heart, be willing to fall short, <laughs> but not be okay to continue falling short because you love him so much. You know, I think a lot of times it's, it's just our pride. We're like, I'm just not perfect. Let's just brush it over. And it's like, Jesus, his blood, <laughs> his body, it was broken. <laughs> it needs to become so personal for you and for me more. And that conviction, we need to fall in love with it because God was not trying to get them to come out of the shelter of Egypt so that they could be destroyed, right? He was trying to get them to come out of Egypt so that they could be saved. And a lot of times, we want to stay hiding in our sin because we're afraid that if we come out, Jesus is going to somehow give us something less or horrible or it's not going to be good. Or, and it's, it's not the truth. It's a lie. He wants to give you goodness. He wants to give you everything that you were made for in him. That is what he's provided for you. This is the realm of rest. Jesus' provision. When we come into God's presence and we say, your body was broken, your blood was spilt out, it's all because of you, we're righteous because of you, it is so true, and we're able to enter his presence because of that. But what I find, and it's just like the prophet Isaiah, when I come into his presence, if I'm really coming into his presence... I'm convicted of my sin because he's holy and I'm seeing him. And I'll tell you what, you're not going to want to come into his presence if you don't want to be convicted. You're going to want to run from his presence if you think conviction is bad. I've been there too. But when we fall in love with being like Jesus, when we fall in love with who he is, when we truly want to follow Jesus, because that's what it means to be a Christian. It's not some empty prayer that you said. It means you give him your whole life and you say, I am a living sacrifice now. Live through me. That is when we enter rest because he has provided through his blood and body every bit that we need to walk in this way to have peace, to have joy, to be filled with love for others, not to retaliate, to actually offer the other cheek. Even within our mindsets, guys, you know, there's one thing not to do it outwardly, but there's a whole nother realm of rest when God begins to touch your mindsets because you can easily, you can absolutely easily change your outward. And listen, don't wait because there's something in, in, of faith to come out of repentance and say, Lord, you filled me and I know that I'm, I'm filled with you and I can walk and resist temptation. 
you might feel the temptation. The Israelites would have felt the armies coming up on them, but God would have delivered them if they repented and turned. And it's the same for us. It says in the New Testament that there will be temptation, that there will be trial, that there will be persecution, but God always provides a way out. This is rest. Sam Storm says, uh, let me find it. <laughs> Sam Storms. Rest, the rest that Jesus offers does not mean a relaxation of Bible or ethical demands. Indeed, Jesus calls for more. Matthew 5.20 says, unless you exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes, you can't get in. Now, of course, we have a positional righteousness in Christ. But if you are following Christ and you are comfortable living outside of the law, that is scary. Because we, we don't live lawlessly. We follow the law because it's now written on our hearts. We follow the law because we see the one who made it and who it represents. We're not justified by it anymore. No, now it literally lives in us. It comes out of us if we let it. You see, because God is always convicting us if we believe in Christ within us, right? He's always saying, come into rest. He's always, it's the same cry in repentance and rest is your salvation. He's always crying out within us as we're doing these things that are causing us unrest, living outside of the provision of Christ. Does this make sense to you guys? It has nothing to do, Sam Storm says, this has nothing to do with vacation time or lounging on a couch or sloth at a poolside. It was so great though. Um, <laughs> but it offers new relationship with God, which makes it possible to fulfill all of those laws. Yeah. God does not tolerate sin. If you think God tolerates sin, you don't understand Jesus. He destroys it. God destroys sin. And that destruction is what was placed on his body. He hates sin so much because it destroys the ones that he loves. You, me. As followers of Christ, when we're casual with sin, we don't understand what Jesus paid for. Cheap grace is the worst thing in the world to the church. Don't be, don't be casual with sin in your life. It's not okay. It's not good and it's not godly. And you won't be happy. Jesus was happy because he hated sin and he loved righteousness. And when you begin to hate what is destroying you and hate what is destroying others, that's not judgment, that's love. 
I hate sin because I've seen it destroy so many people. I've seen it destroy things in my life. I've seen relationships crumble because of sin. I've se- I hate it. I hate it. I love what God has done. I love that he has given us the ability to overcome sin. I love that he's given us the ability that in temptation we can say, I am running to you, Jesus. I am hiding in you, Jesus. I don't have to lose the war and then come to him. I can hide in him. I don't have to fall for the temptation. And of course, is there grace? Yes, but listen, we don't have to live that way. We can live in victory. We can live victorious lives. That's what Jesus purchased for us. If you are being casual with the sin in your life, I am telling you, test. Come to God. Come to him and repent. Ask him to fill you and watch what happens Your heart, your hardened heart, the chaos, the anxiety, the confusion, the anger, the rage, the malice, the envy, all of it, if you let him touch you, will break. Just like he said to the Israelites, wait, if you wait, sometimes we're so busy, we don't want to sit, we don't want God, we come in, we say, I'm sorry, God, go out, but wait for him, wait for him. If you really understand that your life is for Jesus and that he paid for you to enter rest, don't get up until he touches you. Don't get up until you feel, okay, I'm, I'm, I can do this. That's how important it is. This is our provision. Sin destroys us. Jesus came to bring life and life abundantly for us to enter into the rest that he provided for us. Um, I want to take communion because <laughs> we need a revelation of his blood and what it means to be saved. We talk about it a lot. Being saved is not about going to some distant place. (laughs) Being saved is now. Jesus shed his blood. He broke his body that we would be saved now. Now. The power of sin is broken over our lives. And if the power of sin, if you really feel like the power of sin is not broken over your life, then give your life to Jesus for real. Don't say a cheap prayer, but repent and turn to him and believe that he has provided a way. You take your will. Following Jesus is about taking your whole self and saying, I'm going to worship you with every choice, with everything that I do. I'm going to give everything to you. Do it your way. And I trust that you're going to fill me with the grace, with the power to be able to walk it out. That's following Jesus. And it is glorious. And it's fun. And it's joyful. And it's peaceful in the midst of the storm. It doesn't matter. Everything else around you could be falling, falling apart. And if you, sometimes you can trust in the storm. But if you repent, all of a sudden you're filled with peace again. That's our inheritance in Christ. So uh, ushers could come up. Um, 
Mark or Caesar, do you want to play guitar for? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is a glorious invitation this morning. This is if you have still been running around this month after hearing these words, this is a practical invitation to you to stop and say, okay, if I can't enter rest without coming to God in repentance, then I'm going to give it to you, God. This is your invitation this morning. Because the Bible says that he prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Do you know what that means? It means that the enemies are still going to be there. The temptations might be there. The relatives might be there. <laughs> not my, not my in-laws. They're amazing. <laughs> But really, everything around you might still be there. But you, sitting here, are confessing that I will be delivered from those things from the inside out as I take the broken body of Jesus and his blood that spilt out. I eat from the table prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. This is experiential, guys. This is not for some later date. Rest is available now. If you're confused about what you need to repent for, simply ask the Lord. Because the truth is, there. I could repent every day. And now I think... It's not good to be sin conscience, conscious, but it's also not good to ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That is cheap grace. God is a speaking God, and he's leading us into freedom. And if we just slap a label, forgiven, without actually coming to him and processing, we're never going to overcome We're never going to positionally experience the rest if we continue to sow into death. How could God let us do that? He's too good to let us continue in sin and simultaneously inherit peace and joy. He's too jealous of a God. He's jealous for you to, to walk in all that he paid for. He's going to continue to convict us He's going to continue to pull us out of what's destroying us. He's going to continue to direct us on the path of righteousness. Repentance is a gift. Conviction is a gift. It is the entryway, the doorway to rest. And it's through his body and his blood. He destroyed sin. When I was praying this morning, I felt this. If our own comfort is our only motivation, it will not be enough. 
we will always default into trying to take care of circumstances ourselves. But if we first look to him, if our motivation is him receiving the reward of his suffering, then in stillness and in trust, we enter the provision of rest. Our lives are meant to be a mockery of the devil. To destroy the works of the devil. That's rest. That's what God has provided through this right here. His broken body and his precious blood that we could encounter it now. So as Caesar is playing, I just want to encourage you to let the Lord search your heart because most of the time we're running around so often that we won't even let God search our heart for things. Ask the Lord. David was a man after God's own heart. He said, search, search it. I don't want anything to do with the things that you don't love. When you say, God, search my heart, he's going to find things. Don't be discouraged. <laughs> Seriously. I remember when I first came to Jesus, I was like, oh, so you just, you stop smoking, you don't get drunk, and you don't have sex before you get married. Okay. We, okay. <laughs> and then the Lord was like, oh, and every selfish thing you do is sin. And when you're jealous, what you're saying is what I've given you isn't good enough. And when you're complaining, what you're saying is what I've blessed you with isn't what you're meant to have. It's like, it goes deep, guys. And you can have so much rest as you repent of these things that he brings in your heart bubbles him up. Release it to him. Give it to him. Fight for it. Fight for your freedom. You're not fighting alone. You're fighting with the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. <laughs> just because you feel the darkness, just because you feel temptation doesn't mean you've not been delivered from it. He prepares a table for me, where? In the presence of my enemies. I'm in your presence right now. You are real, I can see you, I can experience you, but I do not worship you, I do not obey you, because I am seated in heavenly places with Christ, He's, and he's living in me. I, I'm with him. I'm obeying him, right? So it doesn't matter who surrounds you, what's going on. And when you do, listen, when you do give in to that, it is in repentance that you're brought in. Amen? We're so happy you could join us on the Home Church Podcast. We pray this week's message encourages you 
to behold the Lord Jesus and bring his kingdom wherever you go. You can visit us online at myhomechurch.org, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us on social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, text the amount to 84321. Bless you.